What do Dolly Parton, rapper DMC McDaniels, and Grammy-winning children's singer, songwriter Joni Leeds all have in common? The answer is a $250 million pro-COVID vaccine ad buy. It was designed to persuade you to take the unvalidated mRNA vaccine. I'm your host of Narrative Wars, Dr. Jeffrey K. Lyons, and you don't want to miss this. We the people are sick and tired. Let's peel back the curtain of confusion to shed light upon the mainstream media madness. And now, Narrative Wars, with your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons. Well, welcome everyone. I'm your host, Jeffrey K. Lyons, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Narrative Wars. This is the program where we peel back the confusion of mainstream media media madness. We allow you to think on your own and come up with your own conclusions, because what we do is we don't accept the mainstream media narrative. Okay, that's why we call this program Narrative Wars. That's the way it works around here, folks. So this is a free thinking zone. You're allowed to freely think on your own and come up with your own conclusions. All right, let's take a listen to this first cut. It was aired on CBS uh, News back in December of 2020. And uh, the piece was called inside the $250 million effort to convince Americans the corona vaccines are safe. Now, the piece is a little bit long. It's a minute and a half, so we might stop it uh, at some point in the middle uh, or at some point in order to talk about it. Let's listen to cut number two. Today, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's top infectious disease expert, told CBS News the country could begin to get back to normal by next summer. But there was a big if attached, if a substantial number of Americans get vaccinated. But in many communities, the vaccine still needs a boost in confidence. CBS News chief medical correspondent Dr. John LaPook continues our series, Vaccinating America. So this is a series called Vaccinating America. They're pushing the, the jab over and over and over. But it opens up this piece by saying that, well, basically by quoting Fauci and saying, hey, the country could begin to get back to normal um, by next summer. Wow, by next summer. Okay, so this came out um, in uh, December of 2020. So, uh, you know, maybe in about six months by next summer. Okay. The country could get back to normal uh, by next summer if everybody gets vaccinated. Okay. <clears throat> Big if there. He didn't, s- now notice he didn't say if people stop going to the hospital or people stop getting sick. Isn't that the whole point? is that we want people to not get sick. We want people to stop going to the hospital. We want to see uh, deaths decrease, okay? Yeah, I thought that was the whole point. I didn't think the whole point was to get jabbed. Well, folks, it never really was about 
um, helping people to not get sick. It never really was about helping people not to go to the hospital. It never really was about helping people to not die from a disease. It was all about getting this jab. Why? Because once you got jabbed, there was something inside of you, something inside of you that Basically, they knew what it was, but you didn't know what it was. Sound like tinfoil hat stuff? We'll be unpacking it because we'll be talking about lipid nanomolecules. That's a mouthful. Lipid nanomolecules. We'll be talking about other things that are in this, um, in this jab in future episodes. But the point is, besides the fact that there's something in you that you may not be happy to have in you, Now you're a part of a database, a national database with all kinds of information. It's really about tracking you. And we heard this over and over. Uh, we heard about tracking and, but the reason was they wanted to track you to see if you talked to Sally and Sally talked to Billy and Billy talked to Joey and you were in the barbershop and then after going to the barbershop, you went to the grocery store and uh, who talked to who. And so we had to do all this tracking. So, but basically it was all a pretense in order to get you into this giant database and to get more information about you. Folks, we need to wise up smart homes, um, smart cars, smart this, smart that. It's all about information. They're gathering more and more information about you. And that's what the jab was about. They were pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. It really never was about health. Okay, let's continue on with the piece. Armed with facts, community health deputies are hitting the streets of Pittsburgh to boost confidence in the new COVID vaccines. The Moderna vaccine was created by an African-American woman. Did not know that. Yeah, I know. That's on the job. Using well-known locals to promote taking a shot. So you know Mike, so you can trust his opinion, right? Like former Pittsburgh Steeler Mike Logan, who was sick with COVID back in June. It actually changed my mind on how I felt about the vaccine. I would come out here and share my testimony with my community. My community hasn't always been trusting of things that are going on in the medical field. It's part of the Neighborhood Resilience Project founded by Father Paul Abernethy. He says decades of healthcare inequity have led to mistrust. We have to be honest about the way in which government systems have failed these communities time and time again. And so whenever people see the government involved in the dissemination or the development of these vaccines, there's a skepticism in the context of that history. And there's skepticism about the record pace of the rollout. It's great that it's fast, this warp speed, Mm -hmm. but has it been done right? Well, you know, that's an excellent question. It's great that it's fast. It's been rolled out quickly. Has it been done right? No, it wasn't done right. Uh, it takes years and years in order to roll out a vaccine and get the proper approvals. The point is, it, this thing, this jab is not a um, a vaccine which is properly approved. The only reason that it even went out to the public is because it went out under an emergency use authorization. And in the fine print of that emergency use authorization was total indemnity. So what does that mean? Well, it means that if anybody dies, if there's adverse effects, if you have terrible side effects, if people have heart attacks, if people have shingles, if people are paralyzed, you can't sue the companies that made the vaccine. So that 
was the legal hurdle that was um, uh, overcome in order to push it out so quickly. It never went through the proper trials. Dr. Robert Malone, who's been through this and brought uh, vaccines to market, he knows. He's testified. He said that it takes five to ten years. Why? Because it takes time. It goes through a phase one, a phase two, phase three, phase... And we'll have experts uh, weigh in on this. It goes through multiple phases and with multiple groups and blind studies, it's given to one group. Uh, One group has the actual uh, medication or vaccine. Another group does not. It's given a placebo, which is either sugar water or something else inert, like just saline, which is salty water. And uh, it it does nothing. And then they uh, compare it, the two groups. Um, how many people are helped? How many people are not helped? What are the effects? What are the side effects? So on and so forth. And they narrow it down, narrow it down. And uh, they, they tweak it. And then they give it to another group. And they tweak it and give it to another group. And then finally, they roll it out in a large study. But the initial studies are rather small. Why? Because it's untested. You don't know what it is. Um, none of that was done. It was rolled out with an emergency use authorization. You need to understand that because um, this was a um, sham vaccine. It wasn't a, a real vaccine. Okay, the other thing this piece is talking about uh, using experts and going door to door and basically pushing a narrative. You need to take it. You need to take it. Okay, I understand that because people will be persuaded by people they trust, people that look like them, people that talk to them, people that are experts, people that are um, stand up and say they're a doctor, like Dr. Anthony Fauci, who has no patience. He doesn't, he doesn't make rounds. He doesn't work in an office. He gives out money. He's a bureaucrat. And he gives out millions and millions of dollars every year. That's what Fauci does. And, he's, and he does policy. Um, but he doesn't work with patients. He doesn't, he's, he's not a doctor in the sense that you can make an appointment to go see Dr. Fauci. That, that's not the way it works. Um, so this is how detached we become in Washington, D.C., Bureaucrats hand out money. Bureaucrats make policies that affect the rest of us, but they're not involved in the real world. And neither is Dr. Anthony Fauci. All right. Well, um, let's move on to the next piece. Okay. And in this next piece, we're going to listen to um, a song that's targeted towards children. Remember, we opened up this program and we talked about a $250 million uh, ad buy that uh, was basically paid for by you and I, by the public. And the ad buy was um, put out um, to, to, well, the funds were made available. And then what happens is organizations apply for those funds and they could be individuals like a singer-songwriter. They could be um, a public service uh, uh, announcement uh, or the public PSAs would be produced through an NGO, through a nonprofit organization. Uh, there's many ways that this money could have been given out. But this is uh, Joni Leeds. I don't know if she personally received money from this $250 million buy. Um, 
that's not the important point, um, whether or not Joni in particular did. The buy was going on. But the point of this is that this was targeted towards children. Let's give this a listen. Cut number three. Today's the day. Today's the day. We've been waiting for. We've been waiting for. We've been masked to the max and washing our hands galore. That's just the start. That's just the start. If you want to be. If you want to be. A brave superhero protecting both you and me. I'm going to roll, roll, roll my sleeve. So this cut, or this song, the Fauci Ouchie song, which we only heard a, a small part of it, uh, it was produced by, um, or put out by Joni Leeds. Now, Joni is a um, Grammy award-winning uh, singer. She produces uh, songs for children, uh, for preschool children in particular. Makes a lot of sense because she has a six-year-old, and her six-year-old joined her uh, in order to put out this song. So cute. It's called the Fauci Ouchie Song. Well, you notice a number of themes and that that occur um, narratives in uh, this song. You're going to be a great superhero. Well, what kid doesn't understand that word superhero? You know they. Every kid wants to fly and have laser beam eyes and and be like Superman and and uh, you know bend bend things and uh, pick up cars and so on and so forth. Okay, you're a great superhero, but this in case in the case is very strange. In this case, you're a superhero not because you do feats of strength, fly through the sky, or save anybody, but because you take a jab. You take a jab. Why? Because you're protecting your community. And you're going to hear this narrative over and over in the different pieces that we listen to. You're protecting your community. Wow, this is virtual, virtue signaling at its highest. You're not, it's, it's altruism. Six-year-old altruism. You know, you're, you, oh, I'm not doing it for me. I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for grandma. I'm doing it for grandpa. I'm for the neighbor next door, for the grocer, for the person um, at the supermarket, so on and so forth. You're protecting the community. And number three, boy, I'm glad. I'm glad I took this shot. Look, I remember when I was a kid and I took shots. I hated shots. I hated shots. But suddenly, this six-year-old loves taking a shot. And uh, we didn't hear it, but they, she said, oh, yeah, it only hurt a little but it wasn't that bad. And then she giggles. Okay, wow, how cute. Yeah, yeah, we all want to line up our six-year-olds. So, um, Leeds, according to this story in NYS Music, uh, was put out by Haley Farrell, March 2nd, 2022. Um, in the story, it says, Leeds, like many others, had her daughter registered without hesitation the moment COVID-19 vaccinations were made available for children five and up. So once it was made available, wow, she got on the list. Yeah, and when they called us, when we went down there and I got my kid jabbed with the untested, unvalidated jab that only went out to the public because it had an emergency use authorization. And if anything happened to my kid, I couldn't sue them because of the EUA. Yeah, I want my kid to take that. 
Quote, After living through almost two years of a deadly pandemic, adding an extra layer of protection for our kids was a no-brainer and personally brought the anxiety layer down to normal levels. That's Joanne Leeds. Oh, okay, so the point of getting her kid jabbed with an untested, unvalidated jab was that the mother... Joanne Leeds would decrease or have decreased her anxiety level. So it really wasn't about the kid. It was about the mom. She wanted her anxiety level to go, go down. Wow. Wow. How interesting is that? How interesting is that? Well, and, uh, you know, you, you, you're going to see these themes uh, repeated. You're going to see them repeated. But what we're seeing here is that these messages are being targeted to different audiences, okay? The CBS Evening News piece, well, that's targeted towards an older audience. But then within the piece, we saw it was also targeted towards persons of color, okay? Now it's being targeted to people that have preschoolers, and uh, uh, Joni Leeds, who has a six-year-old, okay? So, um, we're going to move on to another cut here. And um, this cut, this cut is um, pretty interesting. This one uh, is a vaccine PSA. And um, remember I mentioned $250 million ad buy, and uh, what happens is these nonprofit organizations, they apply for the money, then they produce these ads, then they tie it to their website, they tie it to their community outreach uh, service program because all uh, nonprofits have to do certain things in order to fulfill the mission of their nonprofit organization. So they've got a built-in mission, they have a built-in audience, uh, they have a built-in public that they communicate with. So this money helps uh, for them to fulfill their mission, but it also helps the government by pushing the untested vaccine that was only re- released through an emergency use authorization. All right, let's listen to this cut, and it's a 60-second PSA called Our Best Shot, put out by the Alliance for Aging Research. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. 
So get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Well, let's take a look at some of the themes that were in this piece. And you're going to notice it's repeating um, the same themes you're hearing for the preschooler, you're hearing for um, the, uh, the older audience. So this was put out by an organization called the Alliance for Aging Research. The Alliance for Aging Research. And uh, all right, give you one or one guess who this is for. This is for senior community. All right. Um, and uh, according to their website, allianceforagingresearch.org, adult vaccination rates in the U.S. continue to be dangerously low. Oh. Falling far short of national targets. Oh. Despite the devastating effects, vaccine preventable disease can have on older adults. Our Best Shot campaign grew out of recommendations highlighted in our Best Shot Expanding Prevention Through Vaccination white paper. Okay, so they give out a number of resources. They have a truth uh, about vaccines fact sheet. They have wealth, wellness wisdom fact sheet, quick guide, vaccination brochure, uh, yada, 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 and they put out this uh, PSA. All right, now in the PSA, they state our lives have been turned upside down for by COVID nineteen. That's the okay. This is the problem solution format. Okay, all right. Life sucks because we're all stuck at home, and we're told we can't take that cruise to Tahiti. Ah, you know, I worked all my life, and now I can't take that cruise to Tahiti. Ah, and I can't travel with my travel buddies. Ah. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part in getting a vaccine once it becomes available. You know, I, I have friends that, that bought into this. In fact, I have friends that put up ads on, not ads, comments, excuse me. <laughs> I have friends that put up comics, comments in social media. Look, I got my vaccine. Re- remember those uh, in Facebook? You know, they would put their picture up and then there was a little circle. I got my vaccine. I'm so happy. And, and, and then they put up comments like, now I can travel. Now I can get on, uh, XYZ cruise line and take the cruise that I, that I always wanted to take to Bora Bora or Tahiti or to Europe or wherever because I got my vaccine. We all, we don't want or excuse me, we won't get through this unless everybody takes their, uh, everybody takes part, excuse me, in getting a vaccine once it becomes available. It's also important to get up to date on all the vaccines, particularly flu, pneumonia. It really was interesting in the ad because, or in this piece, uh, in this PSA, because when they mentioned flu and pneumonia, you heard, Okay, that's my siren sound effect right there, folks. Not the greatest. I didn't have the button here to push for a siren sound effect. But you get the point. Um, flu, pneumonia, COVID. Oh, my God. If I don't take the, uh, the COVID vaccine, then uh, I'm going to get flu. I'm going to get pneumonia. I'm going to get COVID. And the next thing, the ambulance is going to come and I'm out of here and I'm, I'm dead. And I miss that cruise to the Caribbean or Bora Bora or that trip to Las Vegas. Hey, you don't want to miss that angu- uh, annual uh, deposit that uh, I make or you make 
or we make at Las Vegas. We want to reunite. We want to travel. You see this recurring theme? We want to do this. We want to do this. It's, it's about me also, you know. Everybody takes, does their part. Everybody does their part. Don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. Just do your part. It's a false dichotomy, folks. It's a false dichotomy. There are other choices. You can eat well. You can sleep well. You can take natural supplements. You can exercise. Ha! You can exercise. There's a thought. And you don't have to take the jab. You don't have to. You know, there's other choices out there. I went to a conference um, back in January of 2023, and I listened to Dr. Jana Schmidt. Now, she has a website, Jana's allnatural.com that's j-a-n-a-s allnatural.com and uh, she's a naturopath all right in other words she doesn't give people medicines drugs she doesn't give people the jab she she uh, uses natural supplements okay yes she uses herbs herbs folks herbs have been around for thousands of years thousands of years before there was ever allopathic medicine. Look into it. Look into it. It's the truth. Anyway, uh, when I heard her at this conference, she said she had thousands of patients during the COVID pandemic, pandemic, and um, somewhere between four and 5,000 in the thousands. She said, nobody died. Wow. Nobody died. Wow. Why don't they ever interview someone like a naturopath, like Jane Schmidt, who had thousands of patients that never took the jab? Well, they never will. They never will interview someone like Dr. Jane Schmidt. Why? Because she goes against the narrative. There's only one narrative that's allowed. You have to take the jab. Remember the false dichotomy, folks? I know I'm kind of beating this drum over and over, but it's important to see it when you hear it, to see it in your mind's eye and say, whoa, there it is. I'm throwing the flag on the field, flag on the field. No, um, that, 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 that's the bullcrap flag on the field. I'm not going not gonna to buy it, not going to buy it. And there are other choices out there and there are other healthy choices out there. All right. Well, we are going to move on to another segment right now, which I call Dictionary Wars, okay? And we're going to take a look at the low-hanging fruit, something pretty simple in terms of something you can do in order to respond to the mainstream media madness out there. All right, Dictionary Wars, are you ready? Folks, if you haven't already figured it out, they're trying to take your dictionary and burn it in the trash can and come up with all kinds of ridiculous meanings for words and terms, okay? Um, So, we're going to go for the low-hanging fruit today, 
and we're going to talk about the words male and female. Now, Matt Walsh has done a great job and a great service to the country by putting out his uh, film, um, What is a Woman? If you haven't already seen it, I have. I highly recommend that you take a look at it. So laws are now getting passed uh, in order to stop gender mutilation across the country, which is a great thing. But why? What was the rationalization that, hey, you can cut the breasts off a 15-year-old child or the penis or do other things like give um, hormone blockers, puberty blockers to children? Well, the justification was that this was actually a boy in a girl's body or a girl in a boy's body. And uh, so that was the justification. Or maybe it's not even a girl or a boy. It's just a trans person. Or it's a person that's non-binary. Um, and on and on and on. And uh, I mean, it just, it, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it goes on and on and on and on. No, there's not two genders. There's actually 54. And tomorrow there's going to be 55. You know, when you go to the mall, how many bathrooms do you see? Well, you see male, you see female, and sometimes you see another bathroom, which is sort of a catch-all and just sort of says family. And, uh, you know, I'd, uh, I guess that's where you go to change diapers. I don't know. I don't know. Someone can uh, contact me and explain that, and that's fine. You know, that's fine. Uh, I don't have a problem with that. But the point is, when you go to the mall, there's not 57 bathrooms with all kinds of crazy um, labels on them. You know, there's male and there's female. It's very clear. Just read the book of Genesis, folks. God created male and female. Why is this hard? There, there are, when you go to a restaurant, there's two bathrooms, male and female. This isn't hard. This is not rocket science. I married a woman. Okay. And how do I know? Well, she had three babies. We have three children and I was there. I was there. I saw the children being born. Now, as a side note, parenthetical, I haven't seen anybody else's kids being born. Not really interested. But I saw my kids being born. And so I understand what a woman is. A woman is an adult female human being. And they're capable, many are, of having children. Okay? Yeah. My wife had three for which I'm very grateful. And uh, wow, most men, when they witness birth, they, they say, women are tough. Women are tough. Okay, so low-hanging fruit. So male and female. The other day I was in the barbershop getting a haircut. And, uh, well, that's usually what you do in the barbershop. And there was this young man, and uh, I was next. He was in the chair, and he was talking to the barber. And I just love it that he was you know, it's one of the places that men can go and talk to other men and have conversations. So he, and I think they knew each other for a while. Anyway, he goes to a university in uh, Tennessee and he said he was very uncomfortable the other day. And he was in a classroom of 20 or 25 students, not a very large class. And what happened was the teacher started saying that um, they uh, don't believe there's two genders, that there's many, many genders, there's trans people, there's non-binary people, on and on and on. And he said he was really confused. And uh, he was a young man that was probably in his 20s. So I interjected, um, as I occasionally do, 
talking to strangers. Anyway, I felt I had could jump right in there. I was only a few feet away from him. I was the next in line. So I said, you know, when I was in college, which was quite a while ago, I said, when I was in college, I remember being in a class, and it was a broadcasting class, and the teacher or the professor uh, played a tape that was a comedy routine by a uh, comedian who's no longer alive, but his name is George Carlin, and he did uh, a routine called Seven Words You're Not Supposed to Say um, Over the Air. And this was, the FCC had this published, the Federal Communications Commission had this published, and you're not supposed to say these particular um, seven words over the air. They'd be censored. So what Carlin did was he took those seven words, and of course he said them. And the first one right out of the gate is the F-bomb, and yeah, you can imagine. So um, I'm not going to go and on down the list and read them off because I think you get the point, um, which I got the point decades ago, sitting in the classroom as an undergraduate student, uh, trying to trying to get a degree um, at a large public uh, state institution, a land grant institution. In any case, I decided to stand up. And I walked out of the room. As it turned out, the room was a small classroom. There was a door, and the professor sat right next to the door, and the class was on the opposite side. There was only one way to get in and out, and that was the door that was right next to the professor. And so I stood up, and I walked past all of the other students and the professor and walked out. And that was kind of difficult. But I did it because I did it out of principle. I, I had enough. I, you know, I didn't need to just keep hearing profanity. I, it's not what I paid my tuition for. So a few days later, I went and talked to the professor. I said, hey, I got the point. I understand there's seven words. FCC says you're not supposed to say these over the air. They will censor. And I understand you came up with a creative way to talk about it. You let George Carlin kind of do the... Um, speaking for you, and, um, you know, I, I, I got it. But I, I didn't want to listen to it. I, I didn't want to hear all that profanity. It just it wasn't something that um, I was planning to do. Anyway, he respected my opinion. He said, thank you for sharing that, and he didn't ding me. He didn't give me a hard time, um, and I appreciated that. Well, I said that story because I, I told it to the young man that was in his early 20s and sitting in the barber's chair at the barber shop, And I told him, hey, um, this is what I did a, a few de- decades ago. Now, he didn't want to get up and walk in front of the other students. But I told him, I did that. I did it. And you can do it too. You're going to get another chance. That's the low-hanging fruit. You can get another chance. So why am I telling you this story? Because it's going to keep coming up. We keep hearing this nonsense over and over. Non-binary, you know, uh, Heinz 57 genders. You know, there's 57 genders and it just goes on and on and on and on. Well, the point is you're going to hear it when you go to parent-teacher meetings. You're going to find out that uh, your second-grade teacher is telling your little Sally that there's no such thing as male and female, that that, uh, there are transgender people, and we need to all hug them. They're going to uh, bring a little dolly into class and say, this dolly um, isn't a boy or a girl. It doesn't have to be. Uh, It's just a trans dolly. 
So they're going to do those kind of tricks in order to influence and corrupt the minds, the young, soft minds of your, of your small children. So it's at that point, parents, that you need to stand up. Okay, you need to challenge that teacher. You need to challenge that curriculum. You need to go to the parent-teacher conference. Um, you need to go to the school board meeting. You need to throw the flag on the field and say, hey, I ain't going to stand for this um, baloney. I ain't going to stand for this uh, uh, bull you know, stuff anymore. This is wrong, and, uh, and I'm going to start writing letters. Um, I'm going to take this up the chain if, if you don't stop this. So there it is, low-hanging fruit or what we call dictionary wars. I love it that um, uh, Jordan Peterson says, hey, you don't own my tongue. You don't own my tongue. So when somebody challenges you and says, hey, you got to say uh, transgender. Hey, you got to say non-binary. You can just say, I'm sorry, you don't own my tongue. There's only two genders. This has been known to mankind ever since there's been mankind. Uh, Pick up a Bible. It's right there. And if you don't agree with the Bible, just do your own survey. Male bathroom, female bathroom, there's only two. Women have babies. Men don't. This is common sense, okay? This is um, not only common sense. This is self-evident truth. All right. Thank you. And we'll have more Dictionary Wars uh, in our future episodes of Narrative Wars. Right now, we're going to continue with our next cut. Okay. In the next cut, we're... um, queuing up right now, which is cut number five. It is featuring Daryl DMC McDaniels. And this is another PSA. And uh, I'll let you guess um, who this is targeted to. So uh, let me cue this up. Uh, Daryl DMC McDaniels. And um, this is a PSA. Uh, Here we go. Cut number five. Got the vaccine, you got the vaccine, they got the vaccine, we got the vaccine. We can get back to normal, let me inform you, let's all get the vaccine. It's about community immunity. I'm talking unity for you and me. If Doc says it's good, then trust me, it's good. Now let's all get the vaccine. There is none higher. DMC, I will inspire. Time for us to trust and not debate. The vaccine, believe it's safe to take. Nine out of ten people won't get sick. That's 90% effective and legit. This COVID thing is real and it will find you. It's killing our people. Let me remind you. Back in the days, back in the days, there was polio, smallpox. Back in the days, measles and mumps, man. Back in the days, but because of the vaccines, none of those days. Vaccines, they work to trigger immunity. Two shots, we got antibody security. We gotta act now. No need to wait. Get your vaccine before it's too late. For real. Okay, there we go, there we go. And um, that piece is a, as we mentioned, it's a rap piece. And uh, it, uh, it was a collaborative effort, all right? It was put out by 
actually Columbia University Irving Medical Center. That's where the piece started. And uh, on their webpage, the, uh, it says, New rap videos aim to help increase COVID-19 vaccination in communities of color. All right. Now, that piece that we just heard um, was launched through Hip Hop Public Health. It was also featured on PBS NewsHour. Okay, that was March 10th. And... Um, it was uh, it was uh, done back in 2021. All right, and uh, so this is uh, to give you a little more background on this. Um, using the power of music, a series of rap videos launched by Hip Hop Public Health in a new um, a series. Uh, community outreach organization. It was founded by Columbia neurologist Dr. Williams, uh, who aims to increase COVID-19 vaccine coverage in communities of color. The series was featured on PBS NewsHour. Okay, and uh, if you go onto the website, uh, you can you can link up to that um, uh, PBS NewsHour um, new rap videos aimed to increase COVID-19 vaccination in communities of color. Now, community immunity um, uh, was one of the, uh, the, the lines that was repeated, okay? And uh, the effectiveness, boy, these are highly effective. Okay, uh, the article um, on the uh, Columbia University uh, website goes on to say, as the coronavirus continues to ravage communities of color, the long-standing distrust that many feel towards medical science has proven to be a great challenge, says Dr. Williams, professor and chief of staff, Department of Neurology at Columbia University, all right, uh, College of Physicians and Surgeons. Quote, our goal with community immunity anthology, in other words, these five uh, rap videos that were out, out and you can see them on YouTube and other places. Our goal is therefore to increase vaccine literacy. Now that is so interesting. I love the way the left makes things up that don't exist. Vaccine literacy. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, vaccine literacy, let's <laughs> let's break it down what they really mean. It, it, vaccine literacy means you have to agree with us. Uh, you're illiterate if you don't agree with us. If you challenge the vaccine or you point out that it really isn't a vaccine and that the only reason it's out there is because of emergency use authorization, then you're illiterate. That's eh, that's misinformation. No, you can't say that. Uh huh. You can't say misinformation. You can't speak mis- misinformation. You will be censored. You will be shut down. Okay. So we need to increase vaccine literacy by demonstrating three critical points. Okay, let's take a look at their three critical points. Number one, the vaccine's safe. Number two, no scientific shortcuts were taken in the development of the vaccine. And three, being vaccinated is a community service. Uh Uh-huh. All right. One, the vaccine's safe. Well, we've talked about that. The vaccine's not safe. The vaccine's not safe. It's very easy. It's very easy to research this. Stu Peters put out a 
uh, piece about the vaccine not being safe. And if you haven't seen it, it's, it's an excellent piece. It's actually free, okay? And it's called Died Suddenly. Died Suddenly. And the reason that he titled this documentary Died Suddenly was because if you search Died Suddenly, only those two words, you're going to see over and over and over died suddenly as a cause of death. That's, died suddenly is not a cause of death. Died suddenly is, is a, speaks with, about chronology. We weren't expecting this person to die. But these aren't people that are dying in, um, in the hospital necessarily. They're not people that are dying um, in car accidents or airplane accidents or um, some tragic accident at work. No, these are people that are just dropping dead. You're seeing this all over the world. And it, and it started happening, oh my goodness, a year ago, year and a half ago, as soon as the vaccines went out. You started seeing people, for, for example, you, and it's very easy to track. You started seeing people that are athletes at the top of their game. And these people are dying right on the field. In fact, there was a football player. And we can get into that in a future episode. There was a football player that got hit and then he dropped and he's in his 20s and he had a heart attack and he was dead and they brought him back. He went to the hospital. He was dead again. They brought him back. But this has been happening all over the world and they're dying um, because their hearts are failing. But what do they all have in common? The majority of these people, what they have in common is they've taken the jab. They've taken the jab. People, just do some thinking, okay? If you don't believe me and you're skeptical, I don't have a problem with that. But take a look at the, the, the film. Take a look. at You can find it on Rumble, okay? Search Stu Peters, S-T-E-W, Peters, and look for Died Suddenly, okay? Not difficult to do. Watch it. You come up. You make your own conclusion, but people are dying all over the world with really no reason. They're the, the uh, peak of life, and uh, very strange things are happening. You'll see over and over, they'll turn around in circles like they're getting disoriented, like they're getting dizzy, and then they'll just drop on the ground. They'll just drop on the ground, and they're gone. Um, it's, it's quite terrifying, but... Um, this is happening. So no, number one, the vaccine is safe. No, it is not. It is not safe. Um, number two, no scientific shortcuts were taken in the development of the vaccine. Ha! Yeah, well, we already talked about that. and We don't want to beat the horse dead. But remember, emergency use authorization. Don't forget that, EUA. This is the only reason it was released when it was released and it was released under circumstances that the CDC, um, the FDA would never approve, would never approve. Um, well, not the federal FDA, it's food and drug. Well, you know, we'll get some other experts on here to talk about what the various agencies are. are. I suppose Food and Drug Administration would would weigh in since they have D-drug in there. 
but CDC, of course, is a big part of it. Anyway, there's, uh, I'm not a medical doctor, folks. I'm not. I taught communication courses. And that's why the, and I have a PhD in communication. That's why this program is called Narrative Wars. What we're looking at is the narrative. What we're doing is we're uncovering the false dichotomies. We're uncovering the logical fallacies. And we're asking you, the listener, to dig a little bit deeper. Don't believe me. Don't believe me. Do some research on your own. But don't just um, swallow the Kool-Aid and fall in line with every all these people that are getting jabbed and and then people are dropping dead. And if they're not dropping dead, they're being injured. Okay? Why do you think you're seeing people coming down with all kinds of things, heart disease, having to go in for a surgery? I talked to a young man. He was in his 30s and he got booted from the military. Why? Because his heart went bad. And then he said his supervisor who stayed in, he had the jab also, his supervisor did. And his supervisor couldn't even um, do run a mile in the morning, okay? Every morning they have PT, you know, they run around, and that's fine. That's what you would expect our military to do. But he can't even run a mile. And then he mentioned another person that... Um, is in the military, happens to be a female. He, this, this service person, this veteran, knows the difference between a male and a female. He said, there's this female, and she's now infertile. Huh. And she's infertile. Well, usually when your period stops, it's because you're pregnant. But no, it stopped, and guess what? She's not pregnant. She's just stopped ovulating. And that's another thing that has been showing up. So, and we can get into that also in future episodes. You know, actually, this would be a good time to, to mention again. If, if you want certain topics covered in more depth, then please, you can contact me at feedback at narrativewars.org. I'm not interested in, in trolling emails. And actually, I'm not going to answer your emails, but I'm going to look at them. And uh, when I start seeing patterns, um, we're going to address issues. I may read some uh, in, in a podcast if they seem interesting, if they seem generic to the conversation that's taking place, if they seem like they're making a contribution um, to the conversation. That's exactly what I want. That's what I want to encourage. So, again, feedback at narrativewars.org. Uh, Trolls are not welcome. All right, that was a little commercial there. But um, so we're going to wrap this up in terms of uh, Daryl DMC McDaniels. And, uh, you know, um, he's trying to do what he can to help his community. I understand that. I understand that. And that's, that's not a bad thing. But the vaccines are not safe. They're not effective. Oh, let me get to um, point number three. So um, the uh, medical community is trying to say the vaccines are safe. 
Um, no scientific shortcuts were taken. Well, they were. They were rushed to market through an EUA, so they're indemnified. And three, uh, being vaccinated is an act of community service. So there it is again. You're a superman if you get vaccinated and you're helping people around you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, there it is again. Same messaging over and over and over. Uh, targeted to one group after another. All right, well, let's move on to our next piece. All right, now this person uh, needs no introduction. Um, Very, very famous country music singer, Dolly Parton. And uh, she took one of her songs, which is uh, rather well-known, and she slightly changed words. Let's give this a listen. Cut number one. I got the vaccine. You got the vaccine. Well, that is not cut number one. Um, Okay, let's try that again. All right. Um, And Mr. Producer, um, what happened? What happened there? All right. I guess guess, uh, that rap um, video just really wanted to come out again. All right, let's, uh, let's cue this up. And uh, give this another try. And here we go. Cut number one. Well, hey, it's me. I'm finally going to get my vaccine. I'm so excited. I've been waiting a while. I'm old enough to get it. And I'm smart enough to get it. So I'm very happy that I'm going to get my Moderna shot today. And I wanted to tell everybody, I think you should get out there and do it too. I even changed one of my songs to fit the occasion. It goes, vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. Because once you're dead, then that's a bit too late. (laughs) I know I'm trying to be funny now, but I'm dead serious about the vaccine. I think we all want to get back to normal, whatever that is. Okay, we all want to get back to normal, whatever that is. Okay, so this was Dolly Parton, and she got her first dose of the COVID vaccine. Now, this was... um, uh, this took place um, back in, let's take a look here. Um, this took place in 2021, March of 2021. And uh, the piece was actually written up in Guardian News, which is pretty interesting because Guardian News is the United Kingdom, all right? United Kingdom. And... Um, the YouTube video got 421,581 views, so almost half a million. Uh, Dolly is huge in terms of reach, audience, that sort of thing. She's very beloved. So the piece in Guardian News, March 2nd, 2021, Dolly Parton adapts her song Jolene as she receives COVID-19 vaccine. She helped fun. Well, country music, according to the article, country music legend Dolly Parton, has been inoculated with the COVID-19 vaccine that she helped to fund. Parton broke into the song while getting the Moderna jab, adopting one of her best-known ballads to the tune of Jolene. Um, so uh, what are the themes that, uh, that we see uh, in this um, piece with Dolly Parton? Well, she says uh, right out of the gate, she said, I'm old enough and I'm smart enough. And she also says... Uh, we want to get back to life as normal, whatever that is. And there it is again. Um, 
if you're if you're smart, you're going to take the jab, okay? Uh, implying that if you don't take the jab, you're not very smart. Uh, there's the false dichotomy again. And secondly, there's something called normal, okay? We're not in normal right now, but we want to get to normal. So we, we can't do it unless we all take the jab. So again, it's this uh, everybody fall in line. You can't talk about uh, uh, Dr. Janice Smith. Uh, you can't talk about naturopaths. You can't talk about other alternatives to taking a drug, which is only out there um, and being used and is untested. It's only allowed to be out there because of an emergency use use authorization. No, you can't talk about any of those things. Uh, Not allowed um, because that's labeled as misinformation. Just can't do it. All right. So... um, Despite her humorous take on getting the jab, Parton had a serious message for her fans. I'm so excited. I've been waiting a while, she said. I'm old enough to get it. I'm smart enough to get it. I'm trying to be funny now, but I'm dead serious about the vaccine. I think we all want to get back to normal, whatever that is. And that would be a great shot in the arm. Okay? So, I mean, that's cute. Dolly is beloved. She, um, you know, folks, I'm not queuing up Dolly because I want to throw stones at her. That's not the point. The point is that we had this campaign. This is how we started the program today. $250 million ad buy. And I don't know if she got any money. She probably didn't get any. Um, Heck, she gave money towards the research to Vanderbilt University. And that's fine. She has money. She can give her money wherever she wants. That's fine. I'm not criticizing that. But what I'm saying is she's just falling in line with the narrative. We all have to do this. There's a normal. The only way we can get back to the normal is by getting the jab. No other choices. All right. We're going to wrap it up with this final piece. And um, it's not an audio cut, but um, we're going to look at this um, very interesting article uh, that came out, and um, it was a family um, physician, actually in Hawaii, on the big island of Hawaii, Dr. Buzz Holland, and um, he has some really interesting things to say. Now, he published an article, um, and the article came back out in August of 2021, Let's Stop Pretending About the COVID-19 Vaccines. Okay, that was the name of the article. Um And he says, as a family physician, I spend my days dispensing advice. I mean, there's the occasional cast, okay? Broken lady, hand, whatever, uh, has to set it. Skin biopsy, shotter. Most of my patients are seeing me for medical counsel. Um, So he says, here's the trend. Here's what's happening. And uh, he's writing this in 2021. Never have I been asked about one subject so much as the COVID-19 vaccines. Never have I seen so much doubt and confusion among a group of smart, well-educated people. Well, here's somebody, here's a doctor that respects uh, his patients. He calls them a smart group of people. Um, He says that, now this is very interesting. Now listen carefully what he says. Interpreting the reality, the effectiveness of these vaccines is complicated. It's waning with time. In other words, that narrative that it's effective is uh, 
decreasing. It's weakening. It's waning. Okay. Um, he said it's weakening against the Delta unknown. Okay. That was the Delta variant. Okay. All right. I get that. Um, when coupled with prior infection and may not be improved with a booster. Oh my goodness. What did he just say? He just said the Delta variant's out. It's not that effective. And the booster may not be able to improve your situation at all. Ooh, he's going against the narrative. Wow. But there's new, often murky data emerging every day. Then he goes on to say, that's where our institutions went astray. Whoa, our institutions went astray. Doc, um, don't you know you could get shut down? Don't you know you could be labeled in misinformation? He says, I understand the desire of our public health officials spearheaded by the CDC to instill confidence in the COVID-19 vaccines. Yeah, yeah, sure, right. $250 million ad buy. They remain the most expedient path to minimize the suffering inflicted by the pandemic. Okay, that's a bit of CYA right there. Cover your caboose. Um, You know, this is the most effective way to go. You know, the allopathic medicine doctors... Um, they didn't never mention um, naturopaths, no, because they're not real doctors. Okay, um, however, by taking on the role of no nuance vaccine cheerleaders, they left everyone in the worst situation. Ah, so he does notice that there's this not herd immunity, but herd mentality. Everyone has to line up. Everybody has to sing the song. They have to all sing the same lyrics. They have to all say we need to get back to life uh, and get back to some sort of normal. We all need to stop asking any questions, roll up our sleeves, and get the jab. Okay, now um, we're going to finish up real soon here. He continues. Right now we have two widely cited studies uh, claiming 87 to 88% effectiveness for Pfizer against symptomatic infection from Canada and the U.K., Okay, wow, this is really interesting. It's dropped to 87 to 88%. I thought they said it had 95% effectiveness. Oh, maybe not. In countries that um, spaced their two doses out by two to three months, leading to a short window after the flu vaccination. Huh, very interesting. Okay, he goes on to say that there's other studies out there. What about other studies of total infection rates, including asymptomatic infections? So we're um, looking at uh, not uh, looking at uh, apples to oranges. All right. Concluding in July and in places only um, a three-week lag between Pfizer shots. Okay. I said, uh, he continues, he continues and says, Qatar, 56% effective. Mayo Clinic, the United States, came out with a study, 42% effective. And Israel, well, what about Israel? Well, Israel was one of those countries on earth that they try to get 100% of the people to take the jab. I mean, they really, really pushed it, folks. Israel was at the top of the list with compliance and, um, and lining up and rolling up your sleeve and taking this jab How effective was it in Israel? 39%. Huh. Not very effective, was it? So you do your own research, folks. Um, 
One, is it safe? No, it's not safe. Two, is it effective? It doesn't sound like it was effective for the entire nation of Israel, um, 39%. And in two studies, um, Mayo Clinic in the United States of America, 42% effective. Mayo Clinic, United States, 42%. Huh, not very effective. Uh-huh. But we're not allowed to talk about those things. Nope, wrong, we can. We can talk about it here because this is Narrative Wars. Um, you've been listening to this program with your host, Dr. Jeffrey Lyons, Jeffrey K. Lyons. And that's our program for today, everybody. If you've got feedback or suggestions for future programs, you can t- contact our producer at feedback at narrativewars.org. Once again, that's feedback at narrativewars.org. And until next time, fellow lovers of liberty, may the Lord bless you and keep you. We the people are sick and tired. So tired.